Hey, this is Barbara Corker, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. Can family and business go together without a hitch? Hmm, that's a million-dollar question. Well, I'm talking to one caller today who's trying to make it work with her sister. And I'll share my best tips to keep gunning for success, but still like each other at the dinner table. Plus, a whole new set of rapid-fire questions. Listen in. Hi, Barbara. Um, my name is Isha from Atlanta. Um, I am in kind of a peculiar situation. Uh, I guess my, many other entrepreneurs will maybe feel the same. Um, but I currently run a business with my sister, and um, our problem is that, you know, we tend to bounce back on each other a lot, and we are both extremely creative people. Um, but my question is, how, as a creative person, can you become an implementer? And in that sense, you know, what techniques, what tactics can you use to kind of develop that sense of self um, where you can be more in implementation and still hone in on that creativity, but hone in on it on a way that is able to drive you forward. Because um, right now what we do is we just come up with new ideas and, you know, new plans, and we tend to lose a little bit of steam when it comes to implementation. And if you, you know, have any techniques or tactics to do that, I would love to hear them. Thank you so much. So you're in business with your sister. Is it just the two of you? Yes, it's just the two of us right now. Um, we're hopefully in the future looking to expand and hire more people, but for now it's just the two of us. And how long have you been in business? We launched October 2019, so right before the pandemic. Wow. wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess you cut your teeth on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we went to um, a beauty expo in early 2020. So um, we got there right before the pandemic and then... <laughs> Kind That's of all right. I remember launching my real estate business in the most dire uh, time of New York City when it was going bankrupt. And to this day, I thank the heavens that I stepped into it at that exact moment of time. So I think the people who have uh, launched and made their way through the pandemic are kind of like a skier who learns how to ski ice. And then when they find real snow, it seems a little easier. You know? <laughs> so good for you. You had a good start in that you're still standing. What kind of a business is it? What do you sell? So my sister and I, we created a skincare line that's based off of Ayurvedic medicine. And Ayurvedic medicine is an ancient healing modality from India that originated about 5,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. And how do you market that business? Is it online? Primarily it's online through Instagram, um, Facebook. We do some ad campaigns through Google. Haven't quite reached into TikTok yet, um, but we are going through a brand revitalization project right now. And we're hoping to do a full relaunch um, next year, uh, November, 2023, in which we will be on TikTok. <laughs> and have you had good sales in those three years since you've launched? We've had decent sales. Um, it definitely was a little bit of an adjustment for us because when we went to the expo, we got a lot of interest and we were talking to different subscription companies and retail stores. Um, but with Within a span of about four days, pretty much everything, all the contracts and everything went away because everybody's budgets got slashed during that time. So it was a bit of a learning curve since this is also our 
first business and we didn't have a lot of experience coming to this. Um, so it, it's been pretty up and down. So you went into the expo. It had a lot of promise for business. That all went away because of COVID. And my two questions are, have you had business outside of that expo and is it growing business or is it flatlining? What's going on there? We've had some business, but it's, it kind of hit a plateau um, mm -hmm. last year, just with the two of us, we had various different emergencies that we had to deal with. So it did take some time away from the business, That's um, but now we're coming back into it. And um, this is also why I called because we have so many ideas about what we can do with this rebrand. And huh. it sometimes it's hard for us to put a plan into action and make steps that we can both maintain um, since we do tend to bounce back off of each other and it gets our creative juices flowing, but not so much <laughs> action. What you have is you have an embarrassment of riches in one area and a shortage of execution in the other area. Let me ask you one other detailed question. Has the expo beauty business come back into full swing? Are there expos you can now attend or not? They haven't had any more expos, but they have, uh, they've kind of redone their business model as well. And uh, now they are a um, business to business dealer. They help small brands, indie brands like ourselves, uh, get contracts with different retailers. So once we do our there's relaunch, no, we'll be There's no deadline out. like you have to go to another expo in a month. There's no deadline. No. Yeah. no it's no. a shame because I think that's the uh, most tough thing uh, about all business right now, especially businesses with uh, personalized product, that, that they don't have these giant forums. And why I like them is not only you get energized by meeting other people in the same trade, but I like them because they create deadlines. I know a number of my entrepreneurs from Shark Tank, uh, when they were leading up to an expo, they pour on the gas, they get everything in order because they have to have their booth and their product in order when they arrive. And uh, it's a tremendous help and a loss without it. But that's neither here nor there. We can change that, but let's have a look at the way you two operate. Okay. You say you're both extremely uh, creative. Uh, other than the creativity gene, what are you, what is your sister's name, by the way? I don't want to call it. My sister's name is Bhavna. Uh, what is Bhavna's other strengths rather than, in addition, not rather, but in addition to creativity? Yes. So my sister is a naturopath and she is also an Ayurvedic practitioner. So we draw on her knowledge a lot for the different herbs that we create, uh, that we use in our formulations and um, just the, her medical background is a huge, a huge bonus for our brand. And how about you? What would you put under your name? I have my MBA, so I try to put in plans, but then sometimes we, with all the creativity, we're not able to stick to them. Um, and then I've also done a cosmetic formulation course. So we're able to kind of mix in the herbal with more of the active skincare. Okay. So you're in the, you're in the herbal ingredient department. She's in the medical ingredient department. I know that's a broad stroke, but that would be a fair way of putting it. Yes. You mentioned you had an MBA. Uh, I have found that MBAs are very hard to get. They're expensive to get, and they don't always mean you can execute, which most people think it means you can. I'll get this done. I have an MBA. Uh, when you must have some wherewithal to get things done, where do you excel? As long as I set deadlines for myself, I'm able to get mostly everything on the operational side done. Um, when it comes to different creative things like making um, social media posts or blog posts, that's where I do tend to waver a bit. Mm -hmm. um, that, be, as far as uh, that executional type stuff is uh, clearly execution. It's got to get out there and it's got to get out there fast, but it's also uh, based on creativity. 
Do you come up with those ideas or is it collectively between you and your sister? It's collectively between the two of us. We come up with um, different topics and then we kind of pick and choose which ones we want to expand upon. If you had to choose one of you, either uh, your sister or yourself, who is better at that? If you had to, let's say you just had to say, okay, you're in charge of social media. Who's better at it? It's a little complicated to answer that because my sister comes at posts from a very educational perspective. Does that educated perspective resonate with the followers? I find it often distances people. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of what I feel too. Sometimes it's that, you know, when you have somebody with this wealth of scientific knowledge, it does tend to alienate people. So we try to break it up where we're able to provide that knowledge, but then I come in with kind of more of the fun kind of posts. Um that people can relate to that have a little bit more engagement. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about your sister going back to her product knowledge and her medical background? Uh, that probably is most useful in the development of your products. Am I correct? Yes. What else? If I said, what else does she do very well outside of that? What would you say she does? Um, it, social media, she's pretty good at when we do need some educational posts, she's good with blog posts because blog posts were able to kind of expand into that knowledge that she has um, more than we are through our general Instagram and Facebook. Um, and, you know, coming up with more ideas for different formulations that we could launch within the future. And why the emphasis on other formulations you could launch into the future? It strikes me like uh, your business is still very young. Uh, you're still trying to build sales traction. I'm a little concerned that your head might be in the wrong space a lot of the time on what's next versus what is and what can we do with it. Is there, do you find there's a conflict there? Um, Was so, that getting things done? So the, the idea behind more formulations is that when we've talked to retailers, they are more inclined to want to partner up with the brand that has at least three SKUs. And currently we only have two. So we're trying to create a fully fledged line by November, 2023. So that way we're able to sell it as a full package to retailers. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to do that by 2023, meaning January yes. next year. Can you actually- November, 2023. Out? Oh, November this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you pull that out? Yes. So we've been working on this for um, since the start of this year. Mm-hmm. And we have everything in motion. My, my husband actually is kind of, funny timing. He actually got his scrum master certification. So he's also been jumping in and helping us with making sure that we're staying on top of our deadlines. And um, we've found some different softwares that you can, we can use too for our deadlines as well and just project tracking. Okay. Um, I would think with the size of your business right now, A, you should have your husband step to the side. I think it's going to add confusion. I'm sure everyone has something to contribute, but that you need a third person to help with deadlines on getting things done, I think tends to just add more confusion. So I'm going to say, if it was my business, I'd push him to the side and say, thank you, can you make dinner? Now we share. <laughs> you need three product lines you feel to have credibility with your retail stores. Who does the um, manufacturing? Who's better at that and who's better at sales? Um, I, right now, we both kind of split the manufacturing um, since we do create our products in-house. And as far as sales go, I tend to do the ad campaigns. Um, When we were running ad campaigns, I would be in charge of those. Can your sister do the manufacturing or is she not organized enough to pull it out? She can do it too. We both typically split it. Um, There was a point in time when we were living separate from each other. 
So that's why most of the manufacturing kind of fell to me. Um, I think both Bovna and you, Isha, uh, desperately need to divide your tasks. Uh, what happens with good partnerships that work is they have good fences. What happens with bad partnerships that don't go anywhere, so don't seem to get things out of the gate fast enough, is when each person is in charge of everything. All right. And I've seen no dividing lines, uh, no matter what. I, I see different... Um, different backgrounds. One's a medical, one has a medical set background, the other has an MBA background. That's great. But backgrounds are useless, honestly, unless they're applied well to dividing roles in the business. So if I were you, I would put your sister in charge of the medical formulation area. She seems like she is probably better at it. And then ask your feedback when she's got it almost done, if she wants to ask your feedback. I would ask you uh, to do all the ad campaigns, to do the social media uh, with deadlines for yourself, not the two of you, deadlines, how many postings, what period of time, what platforms, so that you're totally in charge of your department. And even though she could contribute pieces to that, I would not let her. I would take it and totally make it my department so that it be separate and that you can move quickly without it and that you are solely responsible for hitting that deadline. If you, if you have to bring out a third product, which you mentioned to me, I would ask Bovna uh, to do a string of deadlines exactly and not the two of you to be responsible. She's got to do it. That's her deadline. Uh, but I'm sure you've left out a lot of little details of running that business that I, I don't know enough about your business to ask you about. But I would have the two of you uh, over the next week, think through all the pieces of your business collectively, all the pieces, put them on separate little index cards and then deal them out like a deck of cards. This is you, this is me, this is, it forces you to separate out the task of your business. It doesn't mean you can't brainstorm. Collective thinking is phenomenal in your business. You want to get everybody's thoughts, but it's just a start point. Let's brainstorm on this topic. Boom. After that, it's somebody's job not to be returned to again until that person gets it out the gate. I think what's slowing your business down is the illness called getting it right versus getting it going. And it, the more you collaborate with each other, you won't get it going. You won't be able to run lean and mean enough to get a business off the ground, off the ground and really uh, making hay with it. And you really need to do that. It's great to have ingenuity, great to have imagination, but not as an overlay, it stops business. It's a starting point to brainstorm. And after that, you got to go, 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 go. You know. So can you pull that off with your sister without offending her? I think I can. I, I think we've both had some pretty honest conversations over the last year that we're able to say that to each other now, because it is hard to be in business with a family member. You don't want to sure hurt each other's feelings. <laughs> but you'll feel better equipped with these small index cards in your hand uh, it takes the impersonalness out of it. You choose, which do you want? Which am I going to get? It forces a choice. I like that. I did that with my business every year of my entire life with huge departments and redelegated out the cards. But if it doesn't start with you and your sister now, you'll never have a hope of building a big, a big business if that's what you aspire to. You're mm -hmm. going to have to be that way for the rest of your life, you know? Yeah. So I wish you luck. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. How long did it take you to become a millionaire and why did you not give up? Well, you sound like you may have already given up. So let me offer you this answer. 
In the first seven years in my business, I barely made a living. That's not uncommon. I made enough money to pay my rent and my food, but I took any extra dollar that came in and put it right back into my business because I knew what my goal was to build a big business and you can't pay the boss and pay the business at the same time, you have to choose. So it wasn't until the eighth year that I actually had a profit. I couldn't believe it, it almost seemed like an accident. And I might also say in those seven years, everyone who worked for me got paid more than me. You should be aware when you're building a business, the boss always comes last. Until your business is mature, it's not able to throw off a lot of money for the boss. But when I sold my business 20 years after starting it, that's when I made a killing. I made $66 million cash. And would you believe it was the first time I even thought of me being a millionaire? It seemed preposterous. I can remember the day I was at the Citibank machine right after the closing and wondering, hey, I wonder where the money went on the closing yesterday. It was the first time I even questioned that. And out from my Citibank machine came my receipt and there was my money, or at least $44 million of it sitting in my checking account. I couldn't believe it. Every great entrepreneur doesn't build a business because they want to become a millionaire. It's the wrong objective. They work in their business because of their passion and their ambition to be the best. That's what's driving them, that's what's driving them. And if you could stay focused on that, you become a millionaire. So simply as that, the money in the end takes care of itself. Hey, some of my best questions, honest to God, come into my Business Unusual Facebook group. I'm gonna answer those questions today. We're gonna to try it rapid fire style, 30 seconds or less. And by the way, if you're interested in business, don't miss my Business Unusual Facebook group. We have the coolest conversations going on there. I'm learning more from people than they're learning from me. Okay, we're ready for rapid fire right now. Quick questions, quick answers. And for a little help today, I'm bringing my chipmunks. You know why? They talk fast, so they're gonna help me stay on track. Do you think the school you graduate from affects your career success? Well, I can tell you it affects or can affect the start of your career. It can open a door for you, particularly if you're going into some of the tougher industries like finance that are harder to break in. The right school makes all the difference. But once you're in the door, what school you went to doesn't affect you at all. What affects you and what really counts is how good you are doing what you're doing. So I would say think of the right school as a ticket in but realize it's not your ticket once you're in there, baby. You've got to earn the respect of everybody around you. You've got to do better than the next guy. You've got to compete heavier. You've got to be more aggressive. You've got to follow through better. You've got to be better prepared. You've got to do all those traits that make for a successful career. So if you're at the right school, great, but forget about it six months in. Did you ever feel stabbed in the back growing your business and brand? Stabbed in the back? <laughs> you betcha all the time. And you know what my attitude toward it was? Thank you very much. What a compliment. When people stab you in the back, it's rooted in jealousy. Be aware of that. Just take it as a compliment and move right on. And that's all we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran.
Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.